0: The message I want to preach comes out of, and I'll keep you up here, Ben, because you're having fun, and I'm having fun, and this is cool. Uh, uh, It's actually from our scripture of the week, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I want to talk around, and that verse says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, everybody say exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, everybody say ask or think, According to the power that works in us. Say power that works in us. This is uh, one of my favorite scriptures. One of the reasons we're using this scripture this month is a prophecy from Vicki Simpson over our church. An Australian or world-renowned prophet talked about the facilities. We own 30 acres of land in Rainforest Drive. And we were at that time sort of contemplating building our a, a church building on that. That's, that's down here in Meriden Plains. And she prophesied that God was holding our facilities off for a time and a season, that it wasn't determined by lack, but there would come a moment where God would open the door. It would be uh, more than we thought. It would be nationally significant. Landmark facilities and that God would do exceedingly abundantly above that we all we could think or ask. And I reckon I've heard that prophecy about a thousand times as I've been praying and declaring what God prophesied for us uh, over the years. So, this scripture, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, is significant for me, and I believe it's significant for our church. And it's the theme for the month of June, God is able to do so. I want to talk tonight really about three reasons that you wouldn't see God do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. Just I want to flip it around. Because I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've sat back and thought, right now, that is nowhere near exceedingly abundantly above what I'm asked or thinking. Who's ever had that moment, honest moment? You're like, my life sucks right now. And if I look around at that, 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 and that, hmm, it don't line up with that scripture right now. Who knows what I'm talking about? So I want to talk around why could that be and why would that be? And I want you not to think, often we think in days, weeks, months, even years, but God thinks in decades and generations. And so to build our faith and to be strong in understanding that He's got these awesome things that He wants to do for us, the first reason that you might not be experiencing the exceeding abundance that God wants for you is what I would call simply a poverty mentality. A poverty mentality is where for some reason we don't think that God is exceedingly, that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. For some reason we think He doesn't want to do exceedingly abundantly above. For some reason we've put God in a a religious box or an uncaring box or I'm not worthy box. And we thought, well, it's okay for them. But for me to have an exceeding abundant life, that's, that's not what God wants. When Jesus came, John 10 verse 10, he said, I've come that you, Felix, might have an abundant life. He's come that a life that's exceedingly abundantly. He said the devil comes to uh, kill, rob and destroy. It. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have an abundant life. An over the top life. It starts on the inside starts with your walk with God. It starts with your emotional world getting healed. It starts with your mind being renewed. It starts on the inside with your spirit coming alive to God. But it ultimately, as you press into God, it becomes this like, I did not think this could possibly happen. I hoped it could happen. I hoped my marriage could get restored. I hoped that, that I could get healed. I hoped that my head, those anxious thoughts could stop. I, I hoped that, they, that that sort of dead-end job that I've been in for the last 20 years, I could get out and do something meaningful that's got purpose. I hoped that that could happen. But I didn't realize that that's actually God's plan. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. So what's a poverty mentality then? Well, a poverty mentality is there's a whole range of things that that Christians will develop a mindset that God actually would rather me be kept small, minute, suffering to build my character because somehow that gives honor to Him. It's this idea, and I I grew up with this. I grew up with with the idea that my parents were, were missionaries, awesome people, sacrificial people, but I never, I never had the idea that God wants to bless me. It just, it just didn't come into my life. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't part of my mindset. I, I developed a mindset that went something like this. Well, uh, if you're really spiritual, you'll take a vow of poverty. I don't know if anyone's ever heard the idea of taking a vow of poverty. kind of goes alongside people going, if you're really spiritual, you'll take a vow of, uh, a vow of celibacy. I'm out there. I was, I was out of that straight away. That's a, that's a deal breaker for me. But then a vow of poverty, well, maybe if that's going to please God, maybe if I, if I go without, somehow that'll please God. And there's a religious spirit that easily gets on people, and Paul calls it the doctrine of demons. In the book of Timothy, he writes to Timothy and he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth he's telling them guys there's gonna come this theory and the originator of the theory the the idea is demonic and the idea is that somehow if you go without it will be more pleasing to God it, it, the idea is, so if you go without sex for your whole life, I'm seeing people go, no, 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 no. Okay, just, if you go without sex for your whole life, that would make you more holy than somebody who didn't. Now, I'm here to tell you that God created sex. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Nick and that's your big moment right now. Three weeks in, here we go. That's the, that's the Christian moment where everybody go, how was your honeymoon? Anyway, just moving right along. God created sex to be lived and enjoyed within the boundaries of marriage. That's what He did. It was God's idea. But the doctrine of demons says, no, you can be holy by going without something that God created to be enjoyed within boundaries. It'll impress God. You'll be holy. That is what a religious spirit will do to people. The same thing says, and if you don't eat those foods... That will also make you holier. That too is a religious mindset that God does not want you to live under. And along the same lines is this idea that if I can be poor or not uh, not have uh, abundance and not enjoy good things, that somehow that will make me more impressive to God. But it's not true. That's not what, how God wants us to be, and it's not how God wants us to live. He wants to set us free from that mindset. I remember as a, as a teenager, my mum would make clothes for me. We, we went through a really poor season as a family. It was tough. Didn't have a lot of stuff. And so we would shop at the op shop before that was cool. Okay, now that's apparently cool, but at that point it was a necessity. And my mum would make me clothes. She made me some. My favourite were a pair of yellow and black, stripy shorts that had a Velcro zip, which was highly functional. And that, they were they were awesome. Before I met Danielle, my fashion sense was. And I wore a black and white stripy top. So black and white stripes went this way. Yellow and black stripes went that way. Apparently, that, that's a rule. That's a rule. That anyway, just someone knew that. Someone else, I'm helping here tonight. Don't, match, don't mix and match the stripes. Just. And so I would wear these shorts as a sign that it was almost like to me that they were a representation. I had also a yellow shirt that had Bob's Boathouse from somewhere on the central coast of New South Wales. Now, I'd never met Bob. I don't own a boat and I'm not into boating and I'd never been to the town but I had his shirt that I bought from, a, from an op shop and my yellow Bob's boathouse short, shirt and my yellow and black stripy shirt shorts I'll get it right Were well, in my mind I just remember that season where I thought that somehow that made me more holy to not wear new stuff that's a religious spirit that will cause you to feel guilty about enjoying the good things that God wants to send your way. So one of the key reasons that you won't enjoy the exceeding abundantly blessed life that you have is because you don't actually think God wants you to have it. I want to, part of my mission in this church is to set people free from religious thinking to come into a place of blessing and enjoyment. Not that my identity is in that. Not that that's first in my life, but if I put God first and He wants to add it to me, I'm not going to be holier than God and say, sorry, I don't want the stuff you want to bless me with because I thought it would impress you that I don't. He says, I'm not impressed. I like my children to be blessed. Now, it's different if you're in a season where you have to shop at the op shop because that's how you get through and God will get you through. But it's, it's a matter of, it was for me, a matter of spiritual pride, the other way you can have a poverty mentality and it's not, not that you don't think it's right for what God wants to do for you. It's that you've just had an, a few setbacks and you stepped out in faith and it didn't work and you hit spiritual warfare and you hit some of the rough seasons in your life and, and, and you're wondering why, why things aren't working out for you and so you, you just sort of sit back and go, well, maybe that's just not for me. But I want to tell you that God's nature is He's exceedingly abundantly. Jesus turned water into the best quantity of wine as his first miracle, as a sign that God's an exceeding abundant God. Jesus took the fish and the loaves and he multiplied more than enough. They had 12 baskets filled left over because he wanted to show that by nature, God is an exceeding abundant kind of God. It's who we serve. In heaven, the streets are paved with silver, no gold. It's the nature of God. He's an abundant, excessive God when it comes to blessing His people. So maybe sometimes the reason we're not experiencing that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think is because we just have the wrong picture of God or we think I don't deserve it. I won't go there for right now, but we've got to shift that around. Let God bless you and enjoy it. Josh and Shekinah are gonna be the first in their, both of their families to move into a brand new house in the next few months. And I'm like, enjoy it guilt-free because you deserve it. Your heavenly father's smiling about it. Dan Bowman, you're next. I'm telling you, I can I can sense for you the the stretch that you've been in that the favor of God is going to come upon you as you continue to stretch. You don't back off, you continue to stretch, and and we'll be celebrating the Dan and Trish house story before you know it. Come on. Okay, so if that's a blockage to that exceeding abundant kind of thing, what else is? Well, I'd say the next is is a lack of focus. A lack of focus because the scripture says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think so sometimes and I talked about this a few weeks ago preached about this we're just afraid to ask god jesus came to a blind man and made him say I want you to heal me from my blindness because he wanted him to articulate something out of his out of his inner man like this is what I want I've been challenged over the weekend talking with uh, Andrew Denton that, you know, we've written as a church our dream for a decade, but I would love you to write your dream for a decade. I'd love you to think about 2030 is here and you'll be how old, Tyler? 30, so young. What, What does your life look like at 2030? What's happened for you? Is your husband saved? Do you have a husband? Come on. I'm, I'm, you know what I felt there tonight? My wife's had this little passion for, for a while. but I just felt like for, for some people tonight just to actually go, yeah, you know what, I want a spouse. And I'm, I'm not going to not ask for it. I'm going to be deliberate in asking for it. I'm going to make it part of my faith project. I'm believing God for a man of God or a woman of God who I can do life with for my future. And God, the exceeding abundant God, is like, awesome. I'm into it. And somebody said, amen. Hey, oh, there's a few. I was surprised. I wasn't sure. You would verbalize it. Ask or think, ask or think, ask. Sometimes we're asking for something, but our thinking betrays us. We're not locking in on what we actually want God to do. Mark 11 verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what what things soever you desire, so it's a desire in your heart, when you pray, so it's now taking it from a desire to an ask, I'm asking for this. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I I stumbled across a piece of paper in our study the other day that I wrote down, it would be maybe 15 years ago. We were living in a a house, a miracle house, our first house that God had given us. And I, I remember on Saturday night preparing for my preaching in our garage I just had this thought like and we'd have this conversation, the house we're on, it's it's good, but it's on a busy road, it's it's not very private, we'd love a a, we'd love a bit more space for our kids, we'd love a pool. Uh, We'd just been having these conversations. It was a desire. But that night I'm like, I need to I need to do something about this desire. Because it takes courage to put a desire down on paper to turn it into a dream. To express it as a goal. So I remember just that night going, All right, I, God, I want to. We'd love a four bedroom house. I wrote these things down. This is with an ensuite, big backyard, overlooking uh, the kitchen, overlooking the backyard, double lock up garage. I just went specific, separate family room, good sized kitchen, not on a main road. I wrote down one, two, three, five areas that I would be happy for it to be. That was my, my wish list and dream. And I, the next morning, I read a scripture and it just said simply that I will lead you to your desired haven. It was a promise from God. I love it when God answers a request straight away. He answered it straight away. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, that wish list all came to part, apart from one thing, which was the area. And I find this is how God works. When you get specific and write down a goal and a, a vision, it's, it just it gives it momentum. And you say, Lord, this is my ask. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want to be. And it brings focus to your life. Rather than just drifting along, the, the I'll do whatever you want me to do prayer is an awesome surrender prayer. But it's also an awesome drift prayer. Because if you're delighting in God, then He'll put desires in your heart. And then He'll give you those desires. But if you're just like, oh no, whatever you want, God. Just your will. I don't want just, to. Just let it be your will. If you're in that let it be your will zone, it's good at its core that you're surrendered to God. But ultimately there comes a courage of, where Jesus says, well what do you actually want? And you don't go, what you want? And he goes, no, what do you want? And you're like, no, whatever you want. He goes, no, no, I created you with a heart and desires. So write them down. So not next week, the week after, we're going to have a focused day on encouraging every person in our church to write down a dream for this next decade. We've got it as a church. I want you to think. What, what do you look like? What does your family look like? What, is your, what does your finances look like? What are your, what's your walk with God look like? All sorts of different areas. I want you to dream. Write it down. Move from lack of focus. Habakkuk says this, Then the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. It was only maybe five months later where we literally, someone rang us up and said, Oh, I, I know you're looking for a house. God, show me where it is. And I remembered an ad we'd seen and we literally walked into the house that God had specifically, it was like exactly what we wanted. It was better than what we thought. It it had some things in the house that we didn't know we'd need for that season. God supplied it. It just wasn't in the area where I wrote on my list. And that often is, that's like God just says, you be clear and then I'll direct you. Don't get so locked in on exactly I want this. That God can't direct you. we're doing all right here tonight. All right you wishless. And the last one is this a lack of power. Why will we not see exceedingly abundantly above things more than we ask or think because we have a lack of power in our lives. you know what it says the end of that verse? according to the power that works in us. So the way God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think is one we believe He can. we've got the right mindset. two, we literally do ask and think, and so we make it clear this is what we're asking for. And three, it's according to the power, Greek word dunamos. So that's a, that's a spiritual power that works, Greek word energizes us. So there comes a supernatural energy when a person's got power on the inside of them that actually brings the exceeding abundant into reality. So a person who goes, I believe God's able and I wrote down my dream, but doesn't have the prayer life, the, the, the reading the word life, the plugged into God energizing life. It'll just be, it'll end up on the paper because it's according to his power that works in us. It would be like you buying a car with an awesome engine and wondering why it's not going anywhere because you're not turning the engine on. And your spirit is the engine of your life. So the way that God's able to do more exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think is because your spirit gets strong. You, you pray in tongues. You talk to God. You, you, you stir yourself up and seek God. You pray in the spirit. Does that make sense? I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it there right now. Can we just stand up together right now? Just close your eyes. able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to His power that works in us. Holy Spirit, right across this room right now, I thank you for the incredible dreams you've got for us and the dreams that you've put in our heart that are God dreams, God desires. Father, there are future husbands that you've placed in our heart as a godly desire. There's a future wives that you've placed in hearts as a godly desire. Father, there are future houses that you've placed in our heart. There are future businesses that you've placed in our heart. There are future uh, ministries that you've placed in our heart. There are future desires that you've placed. There are children that you've placed in people's hearts. There's all sorts of things. There's a, there's a desire for freedom living God's way you've placed in our heart. And I pray tonight I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that the reality of who you are would resonate on the inside of us. Energize us with power, I pray. In the name of Jesus, just with your eyes closed, I want you to lift your hands. You're like, okay. Permission to dream. Come on, that's what God says to someone here. Permission to dream. Permission to look beyond the chains and restrictions and circumstances of right now. Permission to dream. Come on, permission to dream. I once wrote down a thought that I, that I desired and I, I began to tell Danielle about it, about church. And I immediately felt started to like, oh, shrink back. Like, oh, and I, I had the Holy Spirit whisper to me. I love it when you talk like that. Come on, some of you are just dreaming way too small. And he's like, I love it when you dream big. Come on, I love it when you dream big. You dream big and then he can direct your steps. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, help us, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. Come on up, Sam. Thank you so much.